one. Hold on. YouTube's almost done. Does anyone even watch it on YouTube? Not sure about that. All right, guys. I believe that you are now live. Why don't you go for it? I'll start sharing you around the world. All right. No. All right, Neil, you want to start us off? Yep. Hello. Welcome to Youth on Subjects of the World. My name is Neil Karkanis. I'm here with Dylan Marcus. We are today, uh, the topic of today's show is, should the government have a monopoly on violence? So, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So, Dylan, why don't you introduce so, yourself thanks. and uh, get us into this topic, if you'd like. Yes. Um, so, I'm Dylan. And I graduated from the South Jersey Sudbury School, and Neil still goes to the South Jersey Sudbury School. And we have some episodes on that. And we have a lot of episodes on unschooling. Um, but Neil, I think you probably know more of the names and more of the detailed information about what we were going to talk about today. Right. So I, um, so I have to say that I, I just learned about this today, that... Um, that we had so, so so there was a man who and i know dylan's heard about this i don't remember i'm trying to figure out his name i'm right i'm using a computer that doesn't even it actually i can, I can really, try and find it yeah can you look it up because i i really i can't even access the internet so um or I, I can use my phone actually so basically there was a man was uh suspected of of killing a uh i believe a counter protester um, he was, um, so as I'm sure everybody knows, there are many, many protests going on about police reform, police violence. So uh, one, of these, one of these protesters actually ended up killing someone. So here, Neil. Or, I was suspected of killing someone. Neil, and yeah. I found it. Okay. So it says, uh, the U.S. Marshals said a task force was attempting to arrest Michael Forrest Reinhold. So in Washington State. He was wanted by uh, Multnomah County Circuit Court on a charge of second-degree murder. So, so was, yeah. yeah. They were so, trying to arrest him um, for a charge of second-degree murder. Right, but what ended up happening was they didn't even try. So what ended up happening was he was, so he actually ended up fleeing uh, the state. I, I forget where he was staying. He was staying in another state over, so... Um, Probably by, by, yeah, by a direct, uh, by a, 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 at least a direct, I would say a direct, but it, at the very least it's being claimed that Donald Trump and William Barr, uh, the president of the United States and the attorney general of the United States, respectively, uh, personally ordered the, to send in U.S. Marshals. Um, what ended up happening was, uh, not according to the U.S. Marshals, but according to, I believe, five, four or five separate eyewitnesses who watched everything happen was there were more than four or five yeah so what sorry what was his what was the name again uh michael rhinel rhinel yeah r-e-i-n-o okay i'm gonna call michael michael so michael was walking to his uh volkswagen station wagon and uh he as he was walking to his car from where he was staying um uh, he got into his car, and then again, the eyewitnesses said he, he uh, two marsh two U.S. marshals uh, pulled up in their cars and opened fire into his car. He then got out of his car and started started to run away. They then shot him in the back, 
and another U.S. Marshal pulled up and shot him in the side next to him. Uh, he was shot dead, and this is basic. So basically, he was uh there's put and they and the the marshals claim that he reached for a glove box. He tried to draw a gun. Many different things. They said stop moving and he didn't stop. Uh, many different you know, a, a whole different stories, but the most consistent thing has been every single eyewitness there said that they just opened fire on the, on him. Now, um, I'm going to make my opinion clear. This is not an opinion neutral show. This is a very opinionated show. I think it was absolutely fucking wrong. Uh, it does not, if he, again, first, if he did kill that person, which um, according to, I think what people are saying, I'm inclined to believe um, it's completely irrelevant because the way our justice system works is we don't execute people in the fucking streets. This is supposed to be the United States of America. You don't pull up and just absolutely unload your weapon into people. If I were a soldier in another country and I did that, I'd be violating the Geneva Conventions. If I was in Iraq and I did that, I would be in an Iraqi prison because you have to follow five steps of engagement. If we get going against an enemy soldier in Iraq, I have, to I have to follow more regulations than I do that U.S. Marshals and United States police officers have to follow for murdering their own citizens. They, uh, I mean, and even if they shouted, hey, stop, don't move, I mean... What the fuck do you think when you see people roll up and they pull out guns? Like, it's very hard to think in that situation. It's the marshal's job. They're literally paid for to think, to react, to be calm. And that is not the case. There were like four U.S. marshals and they just fucking murdered this guy in the streets. We're supposed to be better than that. And another thing happened, like fucking Christ in France. Do you know about this, Dylan? What was it? I, I was just looking at the rules of engagement. That's what I was looking up. But no, what, what happened in France? So actually, well, maybe we should talk about this later because this isn't really a government problem. We can talk about that a little bit later. Um, well, actually, I'll just say it now and we can talk about it. But um, so and I don't I don't know, by the way, before I say this, the, I mean, uh, I don't know if the government was in the wrong with what how it ended up because. I don't know if the person was being violent. All I know is what happened. So about five to six years ago, um, there was this uh, French com comedic animation place. And they're basically like, the, if you know The Onion, they're like the French equivalent of The Onion. They basically do satirical skits and stuff like that. And so they made a cartoon where they depicted the Prophet Muhammad. Yeah, which is, that, was, that was pretty big news a few years ago, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Because they depicted the Prophet Muhammad uh, which is a very, which is a huge thing against the Muslim uh, faith. You are not allowed to depict him at all. No, you're not allowed to depict him at all. Um, so they did depict him, and what ended up happening was their entire office was firebombed, um, and this had a bunch of uh, basically it was a huge. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people remember this, but what we but what something happened on Friday involving this. Uh, I think on Friday, on Friday, a school teacher said. Uh, was going was talking about this, and he said, "I'm going to show the cartoon that caused the firebombing." Uh, if anybody is offended by this, you can walk out of the classroom because this is, I mean, this is basically a trigger warning because the, the cartoon is offensive to anyone of the uh, Muslim faith. So, you know, if you are offended, you please walk out now. I'm just letting you know this is going to depict the Prophet and then, Muhammad. You're saying that this teacher was in France? Yes. And this is going to depict the Prophet Muhammad. I'm just telling you about this and I'm going to show you this cartoon. So he showed the cartoon. Uh, I don't know if anyone walked out or not beforehand, but he showed the cartoon. Um, I think a Chechen, an 18-year-old Chechen uh, boy found out about this and he walked up to this guy and beheaded him in the street. 
Um, and then the French police showed up about 10 minutes later and shot him to death. So, um, yeah. There's a lot of fucking wow. shit going on. And that was recently. That was recent. Uh, yeah. Wow. I hadn't heard about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I think let's, that's just, I think there's the two things we can talk about. Um, the second one being on violence in general, and I think we can more talk about, because now there's a huge push, if you guys remember Marie Le Pen, the incredibly conservative, borderline Islamophobic person running for president of France, and she's gaining a lot of support again, of course, after this incident. Um, but first, let's talk about the government's role in violence in the United States of America with the killing of Michael Sellins. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. So, yeah. Um, Dylan, what do you think about about how the situation was handled by the U.S. Marshals and about about Donald Trump calling it a success and A.G. Barr also calling it a success. They both called it nomination success. Yeah, I mean, I know Neil, Neil and I have had this conversation many times on, you know, the U.S.'s role in, in violence and how that pertains to violence specifically against its civilians. Um, and, I mean, obviously this time... I only know the information that I've heard from Neil or read online. So obviously I can't be the judge, jury, and executioner on this topic. Um, so, I mean, if it goes as Neil and, you know, news outlets online say, then, I mean, absolutely the government is in the wrong. And, right, it says it in our, I mean, this is, this is a discussion I've been having with a lot of other people. Um, including my one cousin I had a really interesting conversation with. Um, she's getting her, um, she's graduating from college with a degree in criminal psychology. And so we were talking a lot about the death penalty and, you know, talking about if it does, if it does go over our eighth amendment, which is, um, Right against cruel and unusual punishment. Yep, exactly. And by the well, way, just so everyone knows, so the, the Supreme Court actually, so far, the Supreme Court has did upheld, did uphold. I forget which year it was, but the Supreme Court upheld the death penalty in an eight to one decision, where the only dissenting vote being Justice Kennedy, who's no longer on the Supreme Court. Really? Yeah. So the so it was basically said it violates our Eighth Amendment rights, and the Supreme Court disagreed. But I know that. A few states at a time. Can the states go against that? About half the states have the death penalty. Yes, that's what so, I thought. So, um, the federally, so I believe, so federally, there are death penalty crimes. Statewide, it depends on the states. Each state has their own criminal justice. Each state has their own Supreme Court. Each state has their own district courts. Um, each state has their own prison system. The states, um, so so I believe just recently, somebody has been sentenced to, to death federally. It was a woman who murdered another woman and ripped out her baby and murdered the baby because the woman was pregnant. And she's been sentenced to death federally. Uh, for I don't know why it was under federal jurisdiction, but wow. it depends. Brutal. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I know. I, I don't know if I can decide for myself whether it is cruel and unusual. But what I do understand for myself is that no matter what the crime is, I think that there are some crimes that you could make the argument that should be punished and can only be punished um, by death. And maybe, I mean, I, I very well could be wrong on that, but my main point of contention for the government not having the right 
to kill anybody is that I think, you know, the way our justice system is set up or supposed to be set up is if just so that not one person gets wrong, wrongfully convicted. And obviously, I mean, that's a little shit. <laughs> like, it just, you know, anybody can see that. Um, but I think it's probably means more than anything when it comes to the death penalty. So if one, if one person is wrongfully killed, an innocent person is wrongfully killed, this whole system is, I mean, okay. undeniably evil. Undeniably evil. So let's let's categorize what we're talking about. So we first right. talked about the man shot Miss Pizza, and I think Dylan and I, we agreed that was fucking wrong. We agree on that, right, Dylan? Mm-hmm. The man shot on the streets was absolutely unequivocally wrong. He should have the right. I mean, you and his constitutional rights were violated in the fact that the president and the attorney general are bragging about it. And the fact that he did not have, yeah, he did not have a right to a trial. He just was executed in the streets in front of people. An absolute, it's an absolute, it's, 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 it's like, it's medieval and it's, it's medieval macabre and um, in like, in dystopian that we have the leaders of the world uh praising this um not that what he did was okay to be honest did he deserve to die if he killed that guy to be honest i think if you take a life you probably deserve to have your life taken but um I'm, that's not even saying i'm in favor of the death penalty because of a few reasons that we can get into but i'm just summarizing our thoughts on that last topic Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, just because he did probably deserved to die, to be completely honest with you, and if you kill someone in cold blood, uh, that doesn't mean that our government, which is our only voice as a people, um, can just do that to someone, can do that to their own citizens. Anyways, so, but talking about the death penalty now, because we are moving on to the death penalty as Dylan has done. Dylan, you were talking about false conviction rate. I just wanted to let you know before you continue. So right now, the false, um, the uh, University of Michigan law, the University, uh, University of Michigan law professor, uh, Samuel Gross, um, he has theorized with some other um, uh, uh, scientists that at least 4% of people on death row currently are innocent. Wow. That's, that's fucking unacceptable, first of all. Wow. 4%. A 4% rate of, of, um, of failure where you kill an innocent person. Think about that. Now, there are some arguments. Yeah, Neil, actually, I, I had something you know, kind of funny the other day where I was watching this movie called Zodiac. Um, and this is a little bit off topic, but not really. And it, uh, it was it was talking, you know, about the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great, great movie. I think I showed it to you, I think. I think I fell asleep when we were watching it, but yeah. And so I was watching with my, one of my other friends. And um, he was like, I can't believe they never caught him. And I was like, I, I, I remembered that the, con- that the conviction rate of murders or the amount of murders that have no conviction... It was astronomical. And then I looked it up again. Neil, do you do you want to have a guess of how many murders go unsolved and nobody gets convicted? How many? 40%. What the? F- 40%? 40%. Holy crap. Isn't 40% of murders go unsolved? Isn't that disgusting? Why have, do the police exist? Why the do the police exist? They're so they're so incompetent. They're incompetent and they shoot people innocent. They shoot innocent people in the streets and they only ca- and they catch only in, in half. The 60s, of in the sixties, it was only. I mean, this this is high, but in the sixties, was it was only ten percent. So it's been going up over the past sixty years. Isn't that just crazy? I thought that was just astronomical. 40%. Nobody gets charged. Neil? 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I, mean, I have to look at my phone to look up things online because oh. the computer's not working. That's why I'm just doing that. So, so make yeah, um, that's crazy. But, but yeah, keep talking about what you're going to talk about. Yeah. So the death, see the death penalty. So, so yeah, for, first of all, 4%, a 4% rate of failure is unacceptable. And I think a 0.00, any rate of failure is unacceptable than a hundred percent. But let's say for the argument's sake. So first, I think I've established, I don't know what Dylan's belief is, but I believe that, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of people that deserve to die. I think there are a lot of people. I mean, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. A lot of, there are a lot of murderers and rapists that deserve to die. I think you can, I think, you know, do you not, can you and I probably agree on that? Like, I think if you are a murderer, I mean, if you're like a, just a cold-blooded killer, you probably deserve to die. Like morally speaking, like the, like the woman who killed the pregnant woman and ripped out her baby and killed the baby, I think that she probably deserves to die. Yeah. Morally speaking, from my stand of set of morals, morals are subjective. However, I don't think that the death penalty. Even, I, I have to. I have to think about that. Yeah, like a bit more too. Yeah, there's no problem. So even if the death penalty had a hundred percent rate of of um of success, I still don't think the death penalty should be used. Okay. Even even when even if I think people should just deserve to die simply because I believe that the state shouldn't have the power to legally murder its own citizens. I think that is a power the state should not have. We're talking about should the government have a monopoly on violence? We can get into that specific question a little bit later. But I think on in this case for the death penalty, I don't think the government should have the power to legally murder its own citizens. You Because you have cases like, like this very, very, I forget what his name was. There was a movie made on it. This very young black boy, like prepubescent was was convicted of like raping four girls and killing them and there's no you know he's 12 there's no way that could have happened but they sent him to the electric chair mm-hmm. so it's kind of the state imposing like we're always developing we're always evolving as a country and as a species and i i and i i basically do, i don't want 20 years from now them to look back and they already are but 20 years from now people are gonna look back at us and go wow we executed people for that that's stupid or wow we shot people for that that's stupid or we had cops for that we had arrests for that that's stupid uh so and we do that and, and we already are doing that now when we look at cases like that this young black boy again 12 years old was executed in like i think south carolina or something and well, this was a while ago i assume right or, or long time maybe ago. not no long time ago long time ago i mean you can't kill a 12 year old anymore but um but yeah it was i mean well actually what's the what's the age you can be tried as an adult in alabama again is seven it, is it seven <laughs> like so yeah I, that's why i just think i just think the death penalty should not like if the, if we're always changing wait, our wait, laws wait, wait. yeah listen to this joke i just came up with okay first grade how about first degree murder Oh. <laughs> the fuck <laughs> so stupid all right all right okay <sighs> what are you talking about now oh, damn it dylan um i think or uh, what was it i think i was i don't know what i was what was i talking about right. you're talking about the death penalty so, Why not? <laughs> all right can i maybe we can talk about this because i'll i'll explain my thought process as to oh, why, Dylan, Dylan, do you think the death penalty should exist? That's what I'm. That's what. I'm okay. Gonna, okay. That's what I was exactly going to say. Um, so I'll give you my thought process for, for this. Is that? Is that? 
I I'm trying to explain to myself an eye for an eye. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like if if we're equating a life at the same value. Now, maybe when you're killing somebody, the moral the moral value points like let's say let's say a life is worth a hundred moral value points, right? Just I'm just making this up in my head. So you have a murderer and he kills somebody. Right, and then that's a negative loss of a hundred morality points. Then if we say that the person who killed them should get killed, then then they get another hundred minus hundred value morality points off. But I don't I, I feel like they just kind of balance each other out. Now maybe maybe it's more because they went out of their way to end somebody's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like or or maybe if they kill more than one person, then then um you know, then it then it's more than just their own life that they've taken away. But what do you, what do you think about it, Neil? Well, do you I don't think, think you're just taking away one life. I think you're ruining people's lives. Yeah. Around that person. Mm, yes, I think that's a good. I think yeah. that's a good argument. Um, so I mean, that's why I morally just believe that if you kill someone, just it can like. Regard disregarding all co- other contexts, if you kill somebody just because you want to kill them, or because of a reason that's completely not unjustifiable, again as moral morality subjective, so a reason that I would see personally as completely unjustifiable, and you killed that person, I would believe you deserve to die. Um, but I would not support the death penalty in any way, shape, or form. Now, I'm not saying if somebody killed someone I knew, I wouldn't want that person to die, which is why I totally sympathize with people wanting people to die or hoping they that the person that killed their family gets the death penalty. I sure as hell would want that. I just think from a neutral standpoint, it's just something we can't do. Um, yes, and, like, and I and I, I think in the end of all of it, we definitely agree that there shouldn't be a death penalty. Yeah, so I just think they shouldn't yeah. have it. And this is ignoring the fact that we have a 4% failure rate. Because yeah. we have a 4% failure rate right now. Now, there is an argument, a very interesting argument. I want to bring this up to you, Dylan, because I don't know if you've heard this. There's an argument to be made that we should have the death penalty also because it actually releases more people than life imprisonment would because of the increased, because there's a lot more attention put on death penalty cases in the courts. So if you're innocent, you're much more likely to get to be uh, to be acquitted if you were given the death sentence than you are if you're given life in prison because there's not a lot of, of emphasis put on that. And that's actually so you're true. Saying, you're saying people take, say, say that again? So you actually have... So there's a lot more um, importance put on death penalty cases in the court system. Yes. So because there's more attention given to them, if you're innocent and you're given the death penalty, you're more likely to be acquitted than you are if you're innocent and given the life sentence because more attention is put on your case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So people, people, you're just saying people care more about it because... Not just people, the court system cares the courts, about it. Courts people care about it more because if... If they do sentence them to death and they're an innocent person, people take. I mean, the governor, like the governor, has a personal phone call line to the execution chamber. Like the the courts have to appeal it. Like you have you have every single appeal you can exhaust, and so much more uh, attention is put on it. Hmm, that makes sense. I don't know if that's worth it, though. Let's look up what 
what percentage of people who are in life in prison, what the percentage of them are for are possibly innocent? Yeah, you look that up. What percentage? So, yes, it says here the same thing about 4% from the execution, but I keep saying. Here, Neil, maybe can, do you want to keep talking about, about your opinions on, on death row? Um, yeah, sure. I don't really, I'm, right now I'm trying to do some research and find out more about the teacher that was beheaded and the person who was shot. Here, I'll, I'll do that. You can't do it. Okay. You can talk more. Okay. Um, sorry, what did you just say before you said, asked me? Okay. About how many people on, um, who have life imprisonments, how long do you think that they, that, um, how many of them are innocent? Okay. Let me just look that up real quick, and that'll be close. So you do the earth, you do that thing. Look up the thing about the man. No, that's, I'm doing both of them. Okay, so then what should I say? I don't really know what you want me to do. No. So you talk all the time about random crap. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think, I mean, I, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to, um, I, well, I think the argument that, people that more people get off death row if they're innocent than if they were sentenced to life in prison is a valid argument and a very interesting argument. I don't think it's nearly enough to justify ending someone's having the state having the power to legally murder someone. Like if you watch like it just seems it's it's just absolutely it does it just doesn't seem like something the rest it's it's not something the rest of the world really does anymore to be completely blunt. Like and and I think yeah, what that, are, do do other countries do other countries um have the death penalty? Yeah, so actually the only really other deve fully developed country that executes people quite a bit is Japan, and they actually and they actually have their death penalty really under wraps. They don't release a lot of information, so um so they don't really talk about how many people they execute. The top. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about execution styles of other places? You do know a lot about that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, China is the worst one by far, but I think we could probably guess that by you know how it's run by the Chinese Communist Party. But China actually has a mobile execution unit. It's a van that drives around and executes people. Like it's a van, and they just drive to prisons, put people in the van, kill them. Like they have a lethal injection, they kill them, and then they drive to another prison and do the same thing. And there's like a, the worst part about China's death penalty, you want, to, you want to talk about having a monopoly on violence, the government, you want to know about China's government, they absolutely have a monopoly on violence. Mm. So, uh, so, I mean, you have these mobile execution units that go around, they find people, they strap them to the gurney in the van, they, they kill them, and then they actually have a huge black market trade for the organs of the people that they kill. So it's like a huge, it's this huge corruption thing where they're, there are so many capital penalty offenses in China. There are so many false convictions. There are so many just people executed in China just because there's a lot of money behind it because they sell their organs, mm -hmm. which is so fucked up. 
Um, and then Japan, they're the only really other developed country that keeps everything under wraps. Or they're the only, they're the only developed country that keeps everything under wraps. And they're the only really other developed country that executes people in a large amount. We don't really know how many, we don't really know how many people Japan executes. Um, uh, but because they can really keep it secret. I know they actually hang people. Um, Japan's execution method is hanging. A lot of the rest of the world, the rest of the developed world does not really execute people. And that's pretty much it. Like other countries do it in a much smaller amounts. Other than like, other than like Saudi Arabia and their execution method is public decapitation still. There's not really anything. Yeah. All right. Well, I found more information on the French guy. Okay. So the teacher's name was Samuel Patti. Um, and he was killed on Friday. Let me see. And yes, you're right. It was an 18-year-old Chechenian man. And then he was shot to death. So I want to learn more about that. Why was he shot? Why was, well. That's what I keep wanting to know. Like, was it, like, what were the, what was the context? That's what I'm trying to keep finding out. I cannot find it. Hmm. That's what I was looking up to. Like, why was he shot? Yeah. It's the same thing we're talking about the U.S. Marshals. They rolled up and shot him. I want to know, like, does this guy deserve to die? This guy, I mean, he's our age, which is pretty crazy, but let's think about it. He's what? He's our age. He's 18. I mean, I'm 17, you're 18. Mm-hmm. I mean, but to be completely honest, even though, like, people say, oh, that's very young, I mean, I, I think I have the self-control. I think Dylan has the self-control. Jimmy acknowledge that we don't go, and, we shouldn't go and behead people. And uh, I don't know. Maybe what? not. Maybe not you. <laughs> So, and uh, yeah, so I, I really don't know what ended up happening there. I, I, I've been trying to find details and it's, I don't know if it's intentional that there aren't really any details. I don't want this clip to not age very well because who knows? Because in like two days, there could be a ton more details of exactly what happened. Um, but the main thing that's going on right now is just a huge shift, a huge anti-Islamic shift. Mm-hmm. in france and you know it's because I mean, obviously- I mean, all of europe really is going is, is going very right i think in a lot of ways yeah i mean well, the, yeah yeah i i think that I'm the entire sure world is becoming pretty isolationist right now i'm sure sure it has a lot to do with all the immigration that was happening was it was it last year or the year before? it was the syrian refugee crisis i forget what it was but that was one of the main things that caused a huge shift to the right in a lot of countries and it um and it's one of the things that yeah so there's a lot of a huge shift to the right um the only probably the only real shift to the right that i don't think cannot be directly attributed to that in the world was probably brazil because brazil elected an incredibly conservative president like someone who he just loves Donald Trump. I forget his name. He's like a, he's one of like the coronavirus like doubters, mm-hmm. and he and he runs he runs Brazil. Yes, I know. I was, I was watching. He had a his campaign was running around and having everybody do push-ups. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. Um, so so should so you want to talk about does the government have a monopoly on bats? Well, what does that mean? Does the government have a monopoly on violence? Yeah. I mean, I think almost undeniably. Yes. I actually don't think so. Really? Yeah. So I'll give you my point. Okay. I see it as... And we're talking about the U.S. to be clear right now. We can move on. I see it basically as an... Unless... Other than self-defense... Is that is that your argument that other than self-defense? No, I'm arguing that self-defense, you can... I think that's a... So basically, why don't you take your... Say your argument. 
So maybe we are gonna make. I think maybe we are gonna make the same point. But I think other than self defense, I mean, almost exclusively the government has every. They, I mean, the police can basically do anything they want to anybody. I mean, that's basically been proven. Um, and us as civilians, I mean, you can't, if you get into a fight with somebody else, if you deal any kind of harm to anybody else, then you will be prosecuted. I don't see, and then... So I think we, I think we kind of agree, but we disagree on the conclusion. So, I mean, I agree with everything you just said there, but I think that the fact that self-defense is completely legal and you have standard ground laws and things like that, that's not a monopoly on violence. Yeah, I can carry a gun, and if someone attacks me, I can shoot them. In places like Canada, you don't have that. In Canada, if you're attacked, you literally can't hit them in the head. You can't. You can't kill them. Like you literally cannot defend yourself in certain countries. Yeah. So in the United States of America, no, the government does not have a monopoly on violence. Yeah. But it, let's. But I think let's just say, let's take self-defense out of the equation first of all. Um. Um, oh, and by the way, to be clear, you cannot defend yourself against the government. That That is something that we should acknowledge. Like, you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll just be charged with attacking a police officer. Mm-hmm. So, well, you won't be charged. You'll just fucking be shot. I think that's what the, I think that's what we've been taught so far with the current events. You'll just be shot. So, mm-hmm. should the government, government have a monopoly on violence other than in self-defense? And Dylan, what do you think? Say that again? Should the government have, excluding self-defense, let's acknowledge that the government has monopoly on violence, excluding self-defense. Should they? Should they? Yes. Um, so I guess the first thing we have to do is discuss what would a world look like when the government doesn't have an, a pretty much monopoly on the government, right? Like that's the first, yep. the first thing that we have to talk about. Mm-hmm. So what do you see as... Them not having a monopoly. You know, let me go take a look at, at what plugins they've got. So I mean, to be honest, I guess I, I guess I'm gonna have to make my argument now, which I, I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a world that I don't think we live in a world where that's possible. Okay. I, like I think the first of all, I think the government again. This is all excluding self defense. I think the government should have a monopoly on violence. To be perfectly honest, because what are we saying if we say no? We're either saying we're we're basically saying that people will decide what happens if somebody basically attacks your 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 kid you go and you get a bunch of people around him up and you go get that person that's a terrible fucking world to live in yeah and i'm gonna tell you and i'm gonna tell you why a lot of libertarians make their oh that's great that's wonderful um no it's not because you have mob mentality and if these past few years have taught us anything, like the events in Charleston and the events with, with the events that are going on right now, no matter what side you're on, mob mentality is terrible. And it leads to violence. And it leads to unjustified violence. Um, I think it's happening with the police. I think when the police are in this massive group, they feel totally comfortable shooting rubber bullets at innocent protesters and tear gassing them, mm-hmm. their own citizens, the people they're supposed to protect. So I, I don't think I don't like violence when anybody's doing it. I don't like violence when the cops are doing it. I don't like violence when a, a citizen mob is doing it. Not, but to be clear, I do think more responsibility should be placed on cops simply because they're paid to mm-hmm. they're paid to keep the citizens peace. So the government should have an option. The government have an option about yes, because it's the only it's 
ideally, again, the gar- we have a long way to go, but it's ideally and realistically the only method the United uh, the, the government has to um, the only method the only method the people have, sorry, to uh, defend themselves as a unit and to enforce some sort of peace as a unit without mob mentality and just gathering up a posse. Mm-hmm. And why that? And again, I think I've just explained why that's bad because if you don't have an, a pre-arranged set of rules, you just decide what's good and bad on the spot. That can lead to a lot of um, situations where you have just a mob doing whatever they want in that moment. Mm-hmm. So now, is the government exercising their right to a monopoly on violence properly right now? Absolutely not. I think what's been going on right now with the protesters and uh, the protesters being shot. I mean, we've had. I mean, I know somebody who I know somebody who went to Philadelphia and was complete was a part of a completely peaceful protest and just got rubber bullets shot at them and got tear gassed. Like you do know, bad things happen in Philadelphia. <laughs> that's right. That was so. That's such a funny quote from the debate. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Everyone <laughs> knows that. Yeah. But like, so I I I so I don't think they're exercising the right properly. I think the the whole organization, the way the police is currently structured, the way it exists is is just it's outdated, it's unneeded, it's unnecessary. Police respond to violent crime. What is it? One two percent of the time they're on the job. They clearly miss they they miss forty percent of all murder cases. Mm-hmm. Like, and now maybe this is this is what we can talk about next episode. Um, talking about like defund the defund the police argument. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I'll just say a second now, because I feel like this could definitely be an entire episode, is that the idea is not like the police just disappear, but it's like what you said, Neil, that only two or three percent of all the calls that police get are are related to violence. And by the way, I would argue that even less of those calls really mean anything because i'm sure a lot of them are like domestic violence disputes that really don't put the police officers in danger Mm -hmm. and but i believe that the main argument of defund the police is not necessarily like get rid of everything the police do but take away some of the money from the police and put it more into social welfare and people that can go out on calls that either deal with domestic violence disputes or I mean, most of the things the police get have nothing to do with really protection or having to deal with a violent person. I would say most of the time it's just between disputes between two people. Um, And so the argument is just to give more money to people that are better qualified to deal with. Let's talk about a wellness check. Like wellness checks happen. Why does an armed person have to come to your door for a wellness check? Yeah. Shouldn't we put that towards somebody either a therapist or psychologist not to be blunt shouldn't we put someone who knows what that fuck they're doing instead of some instead of some you know some asshole who's giving a gun like mm-hmm. not to be completely offensive but we should so what, about, what about somebody that could just sit down and talk to you about your your mental yeah. state instead of somebody that's like if you don't do what i'm going to say or if everything's not okay i'm here to arrest you i mean what kind of yeah shit? let's put someone who, someone who has a wellness check let's do that let's put someone who isn't whose job training doesn't involve a gun range mm-hmm yeah, I think okay. that, but, but I think we keep talking about that for another episode. Okay. Um, yeah, I just think, um, <clears throat> oh, like in general, um, 
like the government, like the like we talked about earlier. So the police. So did you look up the rules of engagement? Do you still have that up there for um the military? Yeah. Here we are. So the first one is you have the right to use force or defend yourself against attacks or threats of attack. So same thing like self-defense. Um, then the second one is hostile fire may be returned effectively and promptly to stop a hostile attack. I don't hostile. think those are the rules I was talking. They're talking about the United States. Um, there was like a there's like a United States oh. the, the rules the army has to follow the five rules of engagement. It's warn. It's like involves like warning shot, kill shot, that kind of thing. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Um, I'll try and find those later. But I guess I'll I'll talk about my my views on the monopoly on um the monopoly on violence. And I guess I do agree with you, Neil, that um that I guess even though I hate I hate violence and I hate the government. Okay. I don't know if I'd want to live in a world where there wasn't some kind of justice system. And I know this sounds very like privileged in a lot of ways. Um, and that, and, and I'd also like to add that I don't think that the justice system is very effective in America um, or fair. But I think having anything at all is significantly better to, than the alternative of just having somebody that could be the judge, jury, and executioner. And now maybe there's a middle ground that Neil and I aren't thinking about um, where it's not either the government can either arrest anybody or, you know, do what they do, or everybody else has the option to go and shoot and arrest people. Um, now, maybe there's a middle ground somewhere in there that we're just not thinking of, but between those two options, I would prefer the government having the ability to do that, even though, I don't like the government having the ability to do that. I just like it more than the other option. Let's also acknowledge the fact that I want to talk about like two things that I talk about, which is like the reason. I, by the way, I think all the criticism levied at the police to be completely clear is absolutely valid, justified. I think yeah, it's absolutely a, warranted. The police is an organization that I think is honestly outdated, and we don't need it. The police were created originally to. Well, first of all, we didn't have the police originally until like private police were invented. And then like all Southern police state organizations can directly track their lineage to tracking down slaves. Um, the police as an organization is unnecessary. It only exists for one real thing, which is to combat the war on drugs, which was an artificial crisis created by Nixon to just to imprison black people and Latino people and hippies. People want so, to stop wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. So, um, so I think that's the main reason the police exist, um, and and also we're giving and then we're giving the military equipment to quote unquote protect us. But when was the last time you saw a military, a police in full riot gear protect somebody in a freaking tank? I mean, <laughs> and when was the last time you saw a, pol a police officer in an in this massive armored truck? with like these sonic boom fucking rays protect somebody. Yeah. It's it's the government's way of controlling the citizens and that is not okay. We we do not need to be controlled with a massive with this massive like I mean it's it incites violence. Like why are we criticizing? Why are we criticizing an unorganized we criticize the protester. Oh, the riot the protesters are really bad cuz they're rioting. And so are the police. 
Okay, why are we spending the same amount of time criticizing an unorganized, decentralized group of people that can't control their members, can't control who shows up to their meetings, and can't control what happens when a few people when a few people go out of line? When we when we refuse to criticize a, 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 a centralized, organized, federally, state, and locally funded organization that is paid and entrusted with public safety to control their ranks. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the reason a lot of time talking about the government and violence, the government is an imperfect institution. Like it's the only thing about like this. The government is the only thing that affects our lives that we can change. We use companies every single day to do everything. This phone was manufactured by a company. This computer was manufactured by a company. Uh, we're using Zoom to do the podcast. My microphone was manufactured by a company. Um, the companies that are hosting this podcast, you know, they're, they're companies, obviously, but we can't really control them. We can try, but we have no real outlet to control them other than supply and demand, which um, is ineffective if they have a monopoly. So if you have, because if you have a monopoly, this is something a lot of libertarians forget. If you have a monopoly on an essential service, there's no boycott to, to take place. Um, so you cannot control an organization that has a monopoly on an essential service like the internet um, or like an, or an outlet used to use free speech, basically, like uh, where we're uploading the podcast, wherever you're listening to this from, whether it's Facebook or SoundCloud or iTunes. Um, but the government is the only institution that we can effectively change. Is it hard? Yeah. Should it be easier? Yeah. Um, are there massive systemic problems that make it incredibly hard to change it? Yes, but it is the only organization we can change. It's the only organization where we have full, actual ability to change it. We can't change, like Comcast, for example. Comcast is a company that owns just a section of America and all the internet service in there. The cable companies have divided America into certain sections and they don't fight with each other, meaning there's no competition. You cannot change that organization. You cannot. This is why net neutrality was such a big deal. People were making the argument, oh, you can just go to another competitor. The free market will take care of it. No, it won't. There's no free market. It's a monopoly. The government is the only kind of, is the only organization with monopolies on things that we can actually effectively control. We can change. So it's the reason the government gets so much criticism for, for a lot of things, and I think it does justifiably, but not a lot of private companies, is because the government is an imperfect organization that can be changed. But private companies are perfect organizations that can never be changed. Mm -hmm. very well said neil all right so i guess neil what do you think about ending the episode there i think that's good i think that's good i think i i, I think um i think that's a, a good place to end the episode so, so this i like the government have monopoly on violence in its current form no but i think in a more abstract sense yes which is of course a very nuanced answer because it's very so hard to get straight answers on anything like this mm -hmm. yeah uh, well, this was a great episode, I think. I think it was yes. a really valuable discussion, and I hope anybody who watched uh, either enjoyed or got something out of it. And please leave a comment, um, and we'll and if you have any disagreements with us or do agree with us, and hopefully we can address that in a future episode. Mm -hmm. Or actually, you know what? Let me let me see. We had I want to see if any of the comments we got in the last episode are like direct questions. Okay, this would be an interesting thing to do on YouTube. Um, no, it's on Facebook. Oh. I, I can't tell where the, that's the wrong one. Where is it? Or you can move the money
Yeah, I can't. I I'm on my phone and I can't get to the comments on Facebook. Let me see. I I can see. I can Facebook. Because I know that we have. So that's why there's uh, one episode is four comments. So I know, yeah, I know that we have comments on here. I can say, I read one before and I forgot what it was. Mm. I'm just not on my computer. I'm going to have a computer, but it doesn't connect to the internet properly or other than Zoom. Well, it's fine. I think we, we do that next time because I'm not getting it either. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. You but, done, Neil? Yeah. Let me just try one more time to, yeah, just piss me off. I can't see the comments. Um, it's fine. All right. Let's do it. Thank you everyone for watching. Uh, have a great rest of your day and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on youth on subjects of the world. Goodbye. All right, guys, one sec. I'll take you off the air here.